Welcome to Cuz We're Nerds, the podcast that covers trends and releases in comics, movies, video games, board games, and much more. I'm your host, Caleb, and with me is my brother, Jacob. Hey, everybody. Video games have been around for quite a while, but it hasn't been until recently that video game remasters have hit their stride. With so many being released, what is their impact on the industry? Is paying full price for a 20-year-old game fair? And how will they shape the future of gaming? Find out on this week's episode of Cuz We're Nerds. We did it! Jacob! Jacob, we did it! We did we, we did it! We did it! We yes, we we did that thing that you are talking about that I know exactly what you're talking about. What do we do? It's it's we collectively brought Spider-Man back into the MCU. Mm, see, you think it was collectively, but it was actually just me. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah, so news broke. Sp- I think everybody knows by now, but Spider-Man is back in the MCU for a limited time. Jacob, you might be able to fill in some details, but I think that basically this new deal says he can finish out his trilogy in the MCU, and he can appear in a future... A single future MCU film. They have not specified what that will be. Yes, um, the deal is also led open where um, they said that negotiations will be at the end to see if there will be a renewal. So that's good. Um, Also, Disney now will be paying for 25% of the Thor installment in the trilogy. Um, But they will also be taking home more than they previously did. Oh, okay. So yes. that's good for them. Yes, uh, and Spider-Man can now appeal in Venom. So that's good. Sorry, I'm caught a little off guard. I was having mic issues before we started recording, and I just realized what was wrong, and I am I fixed it. So, um, yeah, good stuff. Jacob, that's a little loud at the beginning. You might want to pull that down. <laughs> what's, uh, what's, what's a little loud? Uh, uh, my, my, my side. In editing. Oh. Oh. Okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll tweak that for you. Yeah, j- j- mostly just the intro. Anyway. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I am really excited about this. I didn't think that Spider-Man would ever make it back into the MCU, so the fact that this happened after they announced it is kind of astonishing to me. Yeah, I, I would love to see him stay. However... I think Marvel is going to use this opportunity to make Spider-Man not as big of a player as he would have been previously. I agree. I think that what they don't want to do is put themselves in the position that they were going to be in at the end of two, where there's a major cliffhanger and things aren't resolved. I think that they're going to want to kind of wrap everything up, make sure that all those loose plot threads to the MCU, at least are resolved before they potentially lose him again. Yeah, it's kind of disappointing because there's so many, you know, cool storylines that they could do. And even if they renew the deal, they're going to have to be careful because since Sony did this out of nowhere, who's to say that they won't do it again? You know, so even if they do get him back past this deal, it's kind of sad just because I know they won't. I don't think they'll take their time and do longer stories due to the fact that he could be whipped out. And I don't think he's going to be as um, important in other stories, you know, such as if they do another Avengers movie or the new Avengers or, you know, anything like that, which is kind of depressing. But 
all that matters, the most important thing is that Tom Holland's going to finish his trilogy, which is super exciting. Mm -hmm. And then that um, additional movie, which will be nice. Yeah. And honestly, I'm really curious to see what they do with him on the Sony side of things. I mean, Courtney was asking me, like, what movies could he appear in before his next appearance in the MCU, his, like, final movie of the trilogy? And the only thing I can think of that we know of is Venom 2, because that, I don't know if that started shooting, but it's close, and he could potentially be in that. And that would make sense why Sony was pushing so hard, because if that's already been written and planned out, they would not want to take him out of that, you know, and, and then coming to this new deal, why they're more willing to. Mm-hmm. It's it's gonna be interesting if Spider-Man appeal, appeals in Venom because, you know, as of now, well, maybe now the New Deal, but beforehand, you know, we weren't sure if we didn't think Venom was in the MCU, and you know, they couldn't mention certain things. But now, if Spider-Man goes and is in Venom, is it a linked universe? Is it a separate universe? Are they gonna talk about the MCU? You know, like, it's going to be interesting to see how they play with it. Yeah, I I think it's going to end up being kind of like an Elseworlds thing. The Sony stuff will reference the Marvel stuff, but I don't think the Marvel stuff will ever reference the Sony stuff. Hmm, you don't think so? No, not really. Hmm. Interesting. I mean, let's just, obviously, since we get Spider-Man for one extra movie, let's just go ahead and plug him into a Deadpool movie. Right? Mm. Go ahead, give fans what they want. That way, in case Spider-Man's ripped away, we have at least one. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm just really happy that he finally gets to finish what they started instead of being ripped away in the middle. So even if he doesn't come back after this deal, I'm okay with it. I feel fortunate enough that this deal happened and that they're getting to finish it again. So, you know, all that good stuff. Oh, yeah, I completely agree. But we are here to talk about video games. Jacob, do you play video games a lot? Hmm, Caleb, I would say I play video games a healthy amount. Define healthy. Mm, entirely way too much. <laughs> but not as much sometimes as I'd like to, and sometimes too much more than I'd like to. <laughs> <laughs> I hear that. Well, there's been an interesting trend in uh, the last couple years, mostly in this console generation. I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of been happening since the last generation, but it is really ramped up now with all these video game remasters. Have you kind of noticed how many of these are coming out? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, you're talking about the, just in these next, you know, two years, you're talking about two huge franchises coming out with games obviously talking about uh modern warfare you know coming out not modern warfare came out i guess okay the new one is a complete new game but modern warfare came out the remaster and then halo which are two huge companies jumping on the back of this remaster train and i'm sure we'll get into it i'm sure we'll get into it but uh yes i have definitely realized a huge abundancy which is not a word but if it was then that would be the (laughs) correct way to use it I didn't know Halo was doing a remaster. Oh yeah, no, Halo Halo has Halo has remastered. Halo okay, that's what, and that's Modern, what I thought. Yeah, no, 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 no. I'm sorry. I said that definitely wrong than I meant to. Okay. What I meant, <laughs> what I meant, okay, let me reiterate. Alright, let me uh go back and uh what's the word whenever you go back in a movie and change something? Retcon it? Let me retcon something. 
right? Modern Warfare has a remastered version, which came out within the past, I don't know. I mean... Three years. Three years, probably. 2016. And then Halo has remastered versions in the Halo Master Chief Collection, which also came out in the past three years. Yeah, and just to mention a few others that have come out recently, uh, the Crash Bandicoot Insane Trilogy, Crash Team Racing Nitro, Final Fantasy has done several, the entire Kingdom Hearts series has been remastered and re-released, and there's, I mean, there's several more coming out. You have, I mean, just to piggyback on you, you have The Last of Us, uh, Obviously, Elder Scrolls, Skyrim, which was a huge one. Legend Spyro. of Zelda, Wind Wait. Yep. Wind Waker. I said Wind Wait. Wind Waker. Yeah, and they just released Link's Awakening, which is kind of a remake, but kind of also a remaster. So where we're getting around is there are tons and tons of not only super, super old games being remastered, but games that have also come out in the past 10 years. Yeah, so, Jake, where do you stand on this? I mean, some people are really into these remasters because they're like, oh, you know, this is a great way to relive my childhood or have an updated version of a game. Some people are saying that these are just money grabs, that it's not worth the price, especially when they're coming out in their full price games. Like, I've heard specifically for Link's Awakening that it's a $60 game and that it's not worth it. It's 20 years old. They haven't updated any of the gameplay mechanics all they've done is updated the visuals. Is that a ripoff to customers? Is, you know, this a ploy that people are using? And I feel like because of the onslaught of these types of games coming more and more and more and more, those issues need to be worked through because I don't think we'll ever get to a point where all we're doing are remasters, but it seems like we're going to be getting remasters as a regular thing for now on. I, I have mixed feelings about this. Okay, um, let's look at let's look at how just how I feel personally, right? I think it depends what game for me personally. Um, as a total, as a whole, I'd say I'm okayish with it. And the reason I say that is looking at them, I I played some of these games when I was you know, younger, for example, the Crash series that's getting, or that has the remastered, uh, Halo, Modern Warfare, you know, I played a lot of these when I was a kid, and they're still fresh on my mind, so it's not like, it's not like I'm forgetting about them, but that being said, I have newer systems now, I don't have the original system that I played those on anymore, so I wasn't able to play them, so it's nice that the remaster comes out, because A, I mean, better graphics. Everybody loves better graphics. B, I can actually play it now again and kind of relive my childhood. And that's why I think it's kind of a fine line. I think that remaster games are good for older generations because they can live through their childhood again and they can um, just remember the great times that they had playing those games even though they're on the newer consoles. And I think they're good for the younger generations, you know, because... I think that they, a lot of times, the younger generations won't play older games. Just, I mean, that's just how it is, unless you're talking about arcade games. But 
with these remastered, it gives them a chance to kind of connect with um, the gaming that the older generation had. And so I like that connection. Now, saying that, though, I think if you're kind of stuck in the middle, which is kind of what I'm at, it's hard. Because you've played these games and you remember them. And you kind of want new games to come out. But now, like you said, we're getting a lot of these remastered versions. And yes, I'm okay with some of them because I love some of these games. But some of them, like, they're just eh. And I'm kind of tired of some of these remasters coming out. Because I'm like, okay, I would rather have something new. Right? Mm-hmm. But, and not not to talk forever, but saying that, I'm also still okay with them in this this is why I'm okay with the remasters is even though we have these remasters coming out and even if people think they're money grabs, I've, I've read things about this and we all know that remastered games, um, basically they have heightened graphics. Sometimes they go back and fix some mechanics. Sometimes they change some gaming controls, you know, to make it better for the game. But sometimes it's just simply appearance, um, which is kind of like what you were talking about with the link game. And I'm still okay with that. Because it takes a fraction of the money and the fraction of the time that it took the company to make the original, to make these remakes. And I think that the money that goes into these remakes allows them to have a bigger budget for future games that they're going to end up developing. I just want to make sure that we're on the same page. You said remakes, but you meant remasters? Oh, remaster. I apologize. Okay. Remaster. Yeah. Yes. Because remasters and remakes are actually two different things. A remaster is where they have essentially taken the old assets and kind of updated them and used, for the most part, the same code. A remake is where they've gone in and restarted from the ground up. And sometimes it's really clear, like all the Final Fantasy ones that have come out, those are definitely remasters. It's the original stuff that they've just made look better. But there's ones that straddle the line, like... Link's Awakening, which they did have to redo from the ground up because that's a 20-year-old game on a completely different console, even though they didn't change any of the designs. And things like Crash Bandicoot is actually more, I think, of a um, remake because I'm pretty sure that they completely remade everything for those. And for that series, I know they made some adjustments to the games, specifically so that all three of the games had the same physics engine so that it would be more cohesive as you're playing through them. Mm-hmm. And then those games that straddle the line between remakes and like just completely new games. For example, the new Modern Warfare game, it has the same characters as the old game, and it's about the same story, but it's set in different spots, and you have different campaigns. So it's almost like a remake, but it's really not. It's really its own entity. Yeah, and my take on these remakes is, I mean, I'm, I'm way more positive about them than some people, I think. I was listening to a podcast today talking about Link's Awakening, or maybe it was the other day, and I got really frustrated with this one guy who was so negative on Link's Awakening because he was saying that all they've done is gone in and updated the visuals, and that that shouldn't make it a full-price game, and that this is a 20-year-old game, and that's ridiculous that you have to go out and pay $60 when all you have to do is go emulate it. And to that, I have a couple things. One... Emulation without the game is illegal, so not a good argument. Uh, also, most people don't really understand. Quick, really quick. Yeah. Why don't you explain what emulation is for our viewers or listeners that don't know? Okay, so emulation is basically uh, where you can download a game, typically onto your computer, but sometimes onto other um, 
like small consoles and things, uh, you can download a game onto your computer and use something called an emulator, which basically acts as a virtual version of the console that that game is for. So if we're talking about Crash Bandicoot, the first one, you would have a PlayStation 1 emulator that would allow you to play that PlayStation 1 game, but on your computer. Now, emulation itself is completely legal. However, it is illegal to emulate a game that you do not physically own. And that's where people get into a lot of trouble because it's pretty easy to go out there and find the emu- the emulators are super easy to find cuz there there's nothing wrong with them. The ROMs, which are the games themselves, uh they're a little bit harder to find because that gets into a really sketchy area. Because, yeah, if you have the physical game, you can have one. But if you don't, then you're not supposed to. And, of course, most people go on and download whatever they want to play it because they're not freely available or they're too expensive to get physical copies now. Um, So, in the gaming community, emulation is a big thing. However, it is... Some people are going to say it's a gray area. It's really not. It's very much illegal. (laughs) There's, There's not really any arguments you can make that says it isn't illegal. Um, typically you won't, they don't get in trouble because it's hard to track down, but it happens and, you know, it's still illegal. So I think that that argument is bad because of those reasons. Uh, and then me being in, you know, software development, I know what it takes to do something like this. And especially when it's a complete remake from the ground up, like Link's Awakening or like Crash Bandicoot, while you might not be changing much, and your designs are pretty much the original, you're starting from the ground up with code with all of your assets, your images, you know, your character models, all those types of things. You might save a little bit of planning time because you're not having to replan everything, but it's a lot of work. It is the work of a full game, so I don't really know how they can justify saying it's not... They, they like be. I don't understand how they can be appalled at the price that they're selling these things at Unless they just really, really don't understand. Well, also the issue is, Caleb, it's not necessarily how much work went into it. It's how much pleasure the consumer gets from the product. But so right? so I'm I'm talking about this specific person. They were not oh, talking. Okay, they they actually said, oh, no, this is a great game. I just don't like this version because I had to pay $60 for it. It's the same game I could go emulate. Oh, I see. Okay. Okay, fair enough. Which is a a bad argument. Yes, very, very illegal and bad argument. Um, So, generally, though, I'm for these. I think that they're great. I mean, several of the ones I mentioned, I have played. Obviously, I've played through all the Kingdom Hearts, all of them remastered. Uh, I've played through Final Fantasy X remastered. I have the Crash Bandicoot Insane Trilogy I've played some of. Uh, and, And I think these are great because... It lets you experience things as a child or experience things that you did as a child. Or if you never did experience them, you know, play them and it not be a barrier. Because a lot of times when you go back, especially to those early 3D games, the handling is not great. You know, the graphics sometimes are so hard to tell what's going on that it's hard to play. And when they update that, they eliminate a lot of those problems. And I think that's great. And if you don't want to play them, just don't. Yeah, I think I think a big issue is that you hear I feel like overall remastered games are 
positively looked at. However, the most uh, talkative, the most outgoing people that go on, you know, Reddit and social media and talk about it are the people that don't like them. You know, there's not a lot of people going and taking their time, you know, going on saying how much they love them as much because they're busy playing the game. Whereas those people saying, oh man, well, why don't they do this, this, and this? That's kind of like with most things. So I feel like if you look, you would think that there's mostly a negative outlook, but I feel like actually the majority of people are okay with the remasters. Yeah, I, I think so. But I think that there are some interesting questions to pose. Oh, when yeah. you have so many coming out, how does that affect the market? How does that affect people's mindsets? How does that affect how you make games? Do you make games differently with the idea that in a few years you can remaster it and make money again from it? Like, you know, what are the implications of this? Now, it's interesting because I wanted to go back for a second to something I said earlier. I personally am okay with this because this allows companies to build a bigger budget for upcoming games, right? So, like you said, remaster games obviously do cost money. There is work that goes into them. However, they don't typically, from what I've read, cost as much as the initial game, right? Especially if it's a more recent game that's come out now something that's um you know something that straddles the line between a rebuild and a uh or a remake and a remaster now those are probably more expensive but something that's strictly a remaster doesn't typically cost as much so the company can put these games out charge the price that they charge for a new game which, yes, some people are going to say sucks, but it allows the company to build a bigger budget. And then the games that are coming out in the future, they're able to pour more money into, which will in turn make the consumers happier than they would have been if that remaster didn't come out and the company wasn't able to fulfill everything that they wanted to do in their newer game. Yeah, that's true. And typically these games also take a smaller team to do when it's just a remaster and looking at you know some of the higher profile ones that have come out it's really interesting all of the kingdom hearts ones crash bandicoot one final fantasy 10 they're all game packs it's not like it's just one game crash bandicoot's three games final fantasy 10 is two games halo master chief collection yeah it's like five games yeah kingdom hearts has several and I maybe like I could see that argument when comparing it to Link's Awakening, but again, Link's Awakening kind of straddles that line, so it's like not really the same thing. And also, I don't think that typically uh, game companies announce these remasters that far in advance, so people aren't like sitting around saying, "Oh, I wish they were doing something else instead of this." You know, like it's it's typically pretty close to launch date when they announce these things. Yeah, and plus, like you said, since it takes a smaller team, just because they're developing a remastered game and working on one doesn't mean that they're stopping developing the other games that they're working on. Exactly. And I do think that we should bring something up here because I think there's a big elephant in the room when we start talking about things like this, and that is the Final Fantasy VII Remake. Yes. And I think there's a very clear distinction there that we have to make. It is, in the biggest sense of the word, a 
remake. In fact, it's actually more like a reimagining of the original. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I would say that. It's not even the same genre of game anymore. No, it's it's really not. And it's so... I mean, it's just... You compare the two, and if you if you gave, you know, screen caps of the older one and the remastered one to someone that had no idea, they would probably think they were just completely separate games. Yeah, and that one's gotten a bad rap because it's taken so long to come out. Hopefully, it finally comes out next year. We'll see. Hopefully. Uh, you know, it, it, that one is, that one's different because it's, it's, it's a complete remake. It's, it's basically a new game from the ground up with some similar story elements around it. You know, it's kind of like when we get, um, what's a good example? Like a new Sherlock Holmes movie or something. Same ideas behind it, but it's different. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, it took me a second. I was I was thinking. I was like, yes. <laughs> uh, you know, one thing that would be cool with these, and I don't know how you would do it, but if you could somehow incorporate the remaster into, like, like if someone bought the original, maybe they get a discount on the remaster or something. I think I think that would be cool. I'm not really sure how that would work and if maybe that would defeat the point of doing some of it. But especially now where everything's in the cloud and it's really easy to track what games you own, maybe that's something that they could look at in the future. Oh, yeah, because, you know, like you said, we're leading to gaming where there's no longer physical copies of games. You know, we're leading to everything is going to be strictly online. So if they started doing this in the future, then when you go to buy a remastered version, it could obviously, it could look at your save data maybe, or if you had bought online, it can look at your uh, past history of purchases. And I mean, even if it was just a little bit, even if it was like a 10%, you know, or 5%, just something would make you feel better about it. Feel like you're not getting as ripped off for those people that feel like they're getting ripped off. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. Do oh, sorry, go ahead. No, no, I was you go. No, it's fine. Go ahead. No, I, I didn't have anything. I was just <laughs> what? I well, was agreeing with you agreeing with me. Oh well I was just agreeing with you agreeing with me with you. Well obviously we all agree that my agreeing to your agreeing to my agreeing is the best to agree on. I agree. Good. I agree too. You were saying? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Um honestly I I feel like I thought this was going to be a longer conversation, but I feel like like I've kind of said like everything I have to say, actually. Yeah, I, um, you know, let me, let me, I wrote some notes. Let me, let me look and see, see if I hit all of those. Uh, I named named the games. I did say that. I did say that. And yeah, I said that. Um, All right, there you go. (laughs) No, I, I guess the only thing is, one thing I find really intriguing, which I didn't really think of until I said it earlier, is the implications of how games are developed with these remasters in mind. I don't really know what that looks like, and I don't know how that would be handled exactly, and so it's kind of hard to talk about, but that aspect of it is actually really interesting to me. So, 
you're saying basically if if a company's going to develop a new game now they're looking at it from a standpoint of okay well let's make this now in about 10 years we're going to go and remaster this so it would change them and maybe make them do some things that they previously would or wouldn't have done without that information exactly okay so what what implications are you thinking of like what would they change I'm not sure. I, like, I, I think that there's probably different development practices that they would do. I think that, I mean, it's commonplace now to save all of your code for your stuff, right? Back in the day, it wasn't. That's one of the reasons it took so long for Final Fantasy VIII Remaster to happen, because they lost the original source code, because you just didn't save those things back then. These days, you do. So I don't think, like, saving stuff is going to be an issue, but potentially the way you design things might be changed. Whereas in the past, if you're only on a specific console, you could design it 100% for that console, get all of the power out of it. But if you have this idea that maybe you'll be reusing it in the future, maybe you don't do that. Maybe you change the way it's designed and go about it a completely different way, or even maybe nix features because you want those to be available in whatever future iterations you do. I feel like maybe those are reaching a little bit. I don't know if anyone would actually do that, but I still feel like there has to be implications from the developer standpoint when they're seeing all these games come out and thinking about how that might factor into their games in the future. Oh, yeah. I could completely see that. And I think, from what you said, I think that could be dangerous because I think one of the best things about choosing which console you're going to buy, you know, if you're not going to buy both of them, but going with, you know, oh, do I want to be on PC? Do I want to be on PlayStation? Do I want to be on Xbox? I think some of the big things, you compare the big things that each one brings to the table, right? And a big one I know for the consoles are they're competing for best graphics and best capabilities in the newer games. So I feel like problems will start to arise when... And if developers start developing games not specific to the console, because it's almost like you lose part of the reason for going with that console. You know, I, I love, I used to love Xbox, right? But then I switched over to PlayStation because I felt like it had more to offer with the system, with the graphics, with the, um, store. I felt like it just had better things all around. Now, if the graphics were the same and games want, you know, or if I bought a PlayStation and then games were coming out and the graphics, I couldn't tell, were getting better because they were holding back for, you know, uh, re-masters um, in the future and to be able to possibly switch them over to Xbox um, and PC, then, I don't know. I mean, that would, that would kind of suck because I feel like I would be... N- getting cheated a little bit. I wouldn't be getting the full um, effect of the console. And I feel like that's one of the major fighting components. That and storage space, really, I feel like, are the only two things that really, really divide Xbox and PlayStation each time they come out with a new console. Uh, I think that's simplifying it a bit much. Well, yeah, but... You're you're tapping into something which is actually also really interesting, and that's a completely different conversation. Uh, Because basically what you've just described is the environment that we have kind of been in for the last couple of years where there aren't very many console exclusives. Uh, there used to be a lot. Then everything kind of went cross-platform for the most part. 
I think we're moving back into that exclusive console range now. I, I think that uh, Microsoft specifically struggled with that, and they've made a lot of moves to try to improve that in the last two or three years. So that is actually, that's interesting, because, you know, if, if you basically your point was if it's going to be used on different consoles, but something that's not exclusive is exactly that. You know, you're kind of making concessions so that Mm -hmm. it'll work on everything. But I I feel like maybe studios aren't going to go with exclusive games anymore if they're planning to remaster them in the future because there's been a couple of remastered ones that I'm pretty sure were exclusive before, but then offered the other, maybe not necessarily the other console, but offered a PC at least if it wasn't on there in the future. Yeah, no, you're right. There have been remasters that have been on consoles they weren't previously yeah so maybe i mean maybe they don't make them exclusive because they know they're planning to do that in the future and so they go ahead and make the graphics where it'll be playable on all now that way they can grab a bigger you know consumer range whenever the remaster comes out i mean i don't know maybe that's something that the studio is thinking about and every studio is going to be doing it differently in every company because like you said it's something big to think about and it's something to take in whenever you're developing a new game. Yeah, I, I think we're going to start to see what this means in the next, well, really in the next console generation. I mean, the PlayStation 5 is supposedly supposed to launch next year, potentially also the next Xbox. So I think within the next five, six years, we're going to start to really see what the implications of this are. And maybe it's just the fact that there is this weird craze back from 2015 to 2020, where they did a whole bunch of remasters, and then they went away. And then maybe it comes back in another five years after that. I don't know. Things are cyclical, but um, we'll see. Nice it's really Lord. interesting. Um, yeah, and this is this is not along the super same lines. But I want to say something that's super exciting. You know, we were talking about exclusives for games. We were talking about, uh, you know, different consoles and PC. And... Again, this is not really along the same lines, but I want to bring it up because it's awesome. I think it's amazing that the new Modern Warfare is completely cross-platform, right? So I I played the beta, right, with my friends, and I played with Joey, one of my friends that was playing on computer, and then I played with Nick that was playing on Xbox, and we could all talk together and we could play a game together, And that's the first time, really, that I've seen, you know, a company really use all of them, really use a game on all of the consoles. You know, Rocket League tried it, but Xbox still couldn't play with PlayStation. But Xbox could play with PC, and PC could play with PlayStation. But there was no... It was like like a triangle with a side left open. But then, you know, the new Modern Warfare game has completely enclosed that triangle. And so now you're able to play within each console but something that's super um interesting that goes along with this and the um exclusivity of a game is that modern warfare um is open when it comes out which is like within a month will be open to all consoles like i said pc xbox playstation um what about switch and switch yes but but PlayStation will have exclusive content for a year on the game. 
PlayStation is going to have access to um, special operations in the game, which is a huge part of Modern Warfare um, for the first year, and no other console will be able to use it. Yeah, I've... mm, I mean, that's a whole other thing about timed exclusives and content that's exclusive to one console and things like that. And uh, I I don't know if I want to get into that right now. No, I know. I I was just sharing that because we were talking about, um, you know, remasters and if developers take a different look upon it. And then I started thinking about how, you know, exclusive games. And then I started thinking about, you know, oh, it's exclusive to each console. Oh, hey, consoles can only play with themselves. Oh, hey, wait, not anymore. And I just wanted to, you know. Yeah. Share. By the way, not to call you out or anything. But that's actually called cross-play, not cross-platform. What's uh, cross-platform is being on several different consoles. Yeah, cross-play is being able to play together when you're on the different platforms. Way to not try to absolutely call me out in front of our thousands of listeners. Look, man, what about our journalistic integrity? You're right. No, you're right. You You have an amendment to be able to say whatever you want. And if you want to use that to correct me and embarrass me in front of all our fans, you go for it. <laughs> Excuse right, me man. while I go climb the corner. Good. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Well, that's pretty much all I've got about that. You got anything else? Uh, negative. Ghost of Idol. All right. Well, that was that. And this is this. It's time for <gasps> what you've been up to. So, Jacob. What have you yourself been up to? You, it's been a while since you've been on the show. Yes. Um, so you would think, you would think me being a young 21-year-old that I'll have an array of stories to tell about adventuring out into the depths of the world and coming out with all of these adventures and all of these epic stories when in reality I have almost nothing to share. <laughs> um, no, that sounds about right. <laughs> I, man, um, I played the Call of Duty beta, which we just talked about. Fantastic. Honestly, this is the most excited I've, I've been for a Call of Duty game since I very first played Call of Duty. Oh, Honestly. Wow. The, the game is incredible the the graphics are super good the mechanics are super good the you can now run through buildings and like open and close doors which seems like something so small but you weren't able to do that before and it changes the game so much like more than you think it would um there's now massive battles of like 50 on 50 where it's kind of leading towards battlefield a little bit more um there's vehicles and online uh there's like night vision modes it's just added a tremendous amount and that's not even all we're getting and it still has a campaign and i can't tell you the last time that a game has come out that i've been excited for the campaign because something else caleb that we should talk about i don't know if we've talked about before but maybe on an episode we should talk about how games are leading away from campaigns and going into more in a multiplayer yeah that's a that's a good one thank you i know i'm the best i'm the best Anyways, so, it's a guest passed on from, uh, you know. Anyways, so that was fun. Other than that, I really have not done much. For example, this week, this week I had three tests and an essay. So I've been a little stressed out. But you finished all of them, right? I still have the essay. Oh. It's due tonight at midnight. Oh. But, but. 
it's a shorter essay. It's not like a long essay. So I'll be able to knock it out like in 30 minutes, maybe an hour. But um, let me think, let me think, let me think. I hung some Naruto art in my room. Oh, very nice. Yeah, uh, Leah drew it for me. And uh, she's a fantastic artist. So I have it hanging up. It looks really, really good. I'll have to send you a picture of those. Cool, cool. Um, And then for everybody else, Caleb, you already know. Um, but I am planning to go to medical school, right? So I've been working on my grades and, uh, working on everything that helps me look good for the application process. And, uh, one of those things... Such a weird thing to announce. Hey, back off. I'm very proud of this. I know. It's it's a great thing. It's just... Woo! So, obviously, medical school wants you to know the human body. Right, because I mean that's that's what you're literally walking like that. Ooh like la li- la. Li- um, literally, like that's what I'm gonna be doing with my life. So they want you to know that. So the best way to know a human body would be to study it. Ooh la and, la. You know, I need to reward what I was about to say. <laughs> Have a hands-on experience. Ooh no. la la. <laughs> there you go. No, but um. <laughs> So my, my college uh, has, uh, I don't know, maybe like 1,200, 1,500, 2,000 people. I don't know. It's not a huge college. They have a cadaver class. And if you don't know what a cadaver class is, it is a human dissection class. If you don't know what a human dissection class is, it's dead bodies that you get to cut open. Right? I mean, that's really what it is. So they only take six people out of the entire college. And I submitted a paper thinking, you know, there's no way. Just I thought I'd just submit it. And I got in. So it's super exciting. So starting in January, I will be dissecting a human, which is really weird. Um, but I'm super excited because it's going to look really good on my medical school application. And I, at, at the risk of sounding like a psychopath, I like that stuff. Like I like not cutting people. I Like not that. But I like, you know anatomy and physiology so this is this is going to be something that's like really big and something that's cool so well this will definitely be a good test on whether or not you should be a doctor yes if i puke that's probably a (laughs) no-go that's probably a no-go um if i enjoy it too much that may also be a (laughs) no-go oh no you know that maybe i'm in the wrong line of work dr death dr death maybe i should that's that's a real guy that's um Oh, well, that was a go. doctor who was killing his patients mm. through surgery, actually. So mm. <laughs> it's very yeah. relevant here. And see, there you go. There you go. There's a podcast but, about it. It's really good. You should check it out. No, oh, maybe I will. Dr. Death. But yeah, so uh, that's that's really all I've been up to. Nothing else really big. I'm going to Six Flags, not this weekend, but next weekend. So that's exciting. All right. Yeah, so anyways, uh, I'm done with that. Caleb, that was that, and that was a lot of that. Uh, what you been up to? Uh, I've also been pretty busy. Uh, well, actually, I've been both busy and not busy, but also exhausted. Um, mm. I'm actually, I'm, I'm working off about four or less hours of sleep right now. I'm surprised I'm as um, awake as I am. Wow. Uh, but when I have had a little bit of time, I've been playing Breath of the Wild. I say a little bit of time. I've actually made a lot of time to play Breath of the Wild over the weekend and stuff. Uh, it's it's still fantastic. I am up to... I've beaten three of the Divine Beasts. So uh, just one more to go. 
Pretty exciting. Great game. Uh, I finally finished Wolverine the Long Night. Ooh. And do tell, do tell. You clearly don't remember what that is. That yes, was the I do. podcast. Really? That's actually the podcast <laughs> where it's Wolverine and you're like, it's kind of different because, you know, it's not really what I was expecting. I just thought you'd been done with it for a while. No, no, I, I hadn't finished it. So yeah, tell I, me I don't know what it is again. Tell you me. Don't, you don't know what it is. But <laughs> I did. So I finally finished it. Uh, really good. It It did not end in the way I thought it was going to. Okay. At, is that good or bad? At all. Um, it's not bad. It's just not what I thought. It's just not how I thought it was going to end. Um, not necessarily from a strict story standpoint, just in general either. Um, but there is a season two to it, which I think is another 10 episodes. So at some point I'll jump into that. Uh, but it's really, really good. Wolverine is not in it as much as you would think based on the title. He's actually more like an elusive character in most of the show but it's still really good like i said before the episodes are only about 30 minutes long um and there's only 10 of them so definitely check that out if you can uh it is like they there's a parental advisory at the beginning of it it's not really meant for kids so just keep that in mind um and then the last thing i've did is i watched a show on netflix which is insane because i never start like new things and actually go through them and i finished it (laughs) even though it was only six episodes um and that was Knights of the Zodiac, Saint Seiya. Ooh, I saw that, but I haven't seen it. Do you know anything about Saint Seiya? I do not, but it looked interesting. All right, so Saint Seiya is a classic 80s anime around the era of Dragon Ball Z uh, that came over to the U.S. When it came over, it was renamed. So Saint Seiya is the Japanese title. It was renamed to Knights of the Zodiac when it came over here. Uh, and it's like a very classic anime. Like if you grew up, um, not really my age, a little bit older than me, uh, in like the nineties, then you probably remember this. You probably watched it a lot. I have never seen it. Uh, I've never been that interested in it. Those characters are in jump force and they've never been that appealing to me, but I happen to see this on Netflix and this is a complete talking about remakes and remasters. This is a complete remake of the original series. Um, it is CG instead of traditional 2D hand-drawn stuff. And what caught my eye was actually, I watched the trailer for it or the intro, and typically CG anime does not look very good, but this one actually looked really good. Like, like the movement was right on and everything. And dude, I gotta tell you, the theme song in this thing is one of the most 80s and most amazing theme songs I have ever heard. Oh, really? I, I could listen to it just on repeat. Like, it's so good. You gotta, if nothing else, you have to turn it on just to listen to the intro. It's so good. It's so good. Anyway, um, yeah, so I watched it. I found out it's actually been really polarizing uh, for the community, the anime community, which isn't that surprising um, because they changed one of the characters to a female instead of, in the original, he was a male. Um but, I mean, you know, whatever. It does feel like it goes by a little fast sometimes. But overall, I, I liked it a lot. Um, it's actually not done for the first season. Uh, yeah. They're releasing it in two parts. So the first six came out, the first six episodes came out this summer. And I'm not sure when the other six are going to come out. But when it comes out, I'm planning on finishing it. But I, I would recommend it um, to people who are curious um, about fighting 
anime in general and um, action anime. And its hook is kind of like Athena, the goddess Athena, is reincarnated every few hundred years. And she has uh, these knights called the Knights of the Zodiac who protect her from evil. And they're kind of also reincarnated-ish. Um, and they have, like, cool armor that they get to protect her. And, you know, there's a whole thing. Oh, that kind of sounds cool. Yeah, the, the I didn't know what the premise was before. And after starting to watch it, I was like, oh, this is actually interesting. And you said it's on Netflix, right? It is on Netflix. It's actually a Netflix exclusive. Ooh, I'll have to watch that. Did you ever watch that one that I was telling you about? Ultraman? Yeah. No, I have not gotten around to it yet. Caleb, Caleb, Caleb. I know, Caleb. I know. You I know. had time to start a new show, but not look, get into the show look, I suggested. Man. Look, man. That's all I got. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is that, uh, is that all you got for you, what you've been up to? Yeah. Yeah, it is. You're not going to talk about your gaming days? What? Your gaming days. My gaming days? I yeah. talked about Breath of the Wild. Oh, I guess you did. <laughs> I thought you talked about it for longer. No. Well, really quick before we go, right? I have a couple bit of tidbits of information, right? Okay. First one. Uh, the aims, the Kevin Feige has confirmed that Robert Downey Jr. will be reprising uh, Tony Stark in, he didn't disclose which one, but in one of the uh, Disney Plus shows. Interesting. And possibly Black Widow. Hmm. I don't but, know how I feel about this. Yeah, neither do I. But, um, also, this is coming at you super, super, like, quick, super, you know, this just happened. Breaking news! Um, Breaking news! Boom! <laughs> you know. Um, so, uh, Marvel Studios has actually just announced a really cool thing. It's called Avengers Damage Control. You haven't seen this yet, right, Killam? Um, I saw something about damage control earlier, but it wasn't anything that interested me. Oh, okay. Well, it kind of interests me. So um, this is a really cool thing that Marvel Studios is launching. It is a virtual reality experience, right? Um, but basically it uses, um, sorry, I'm, I'm trying to think of the correct, uh, verbiage, but it uses technology that was created by Shoi, um, and you can choose different heroes to fight alongside, which is super cool. Oh. You know, some, yeah, some of the options that I saw is they have Doctor Strange, Black Panther, um, I think, uh... Ant-Man, yeah, Ant-Man was in there. Um, and those are some of the three that was confirmed, and they said there's going to be more. Um, but yeah, so I, I thought it was just something really, really cool. It looks really good. They had just released a um, small teaser trailer for it, and the trailer is coming early next week, I think. Um, but it looks really good. Oh, and this uh, is from ILMX. Yes. Oh. Yeah. It looks really good. The the playable character that you play as. Um, I mean, I said ILMX. I meant IL, ILMX Lab. I knew what you meant. You know, it's fine. I don't call you out like you call me out, but I mean, you know, whatever. Shut up. But um, basically, the characters you play as are kind of Iron Man esque 
all mode characters, um, damage control. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know. I just thought that was kind of cool. Um, I know that company is pretty big, so it's probably going to be pretty good. Uh, yeah, so that's, cool. that's, that's all I got. All right, man. Well, I think I need to jump off here. I might be trying to go see Joker, so... Um, well, you know what you should do before you jump off. What should I do? Uh, you should go ahead and get on your interweb and go check out Taylor Paul, um, at taylorpoolmusic.com. That's T-A-Y-L-O-R-P-O-O-L-E music.com. And while they're doing that, you should make sure you know how to speak. Mm. You know, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm yes, just kidding. I can't say Taylor Paul, but you know what I can say? What? CNC Power Hour, which <laughs> happens to be the other people you should go check out on Twitch. Um, they stream Magic. Are, are they still down right now? Or are they back no, no, up? no, no. They're back up. They're back up. Okay. They stream. They Just forget about that. They're back up. They stream Magic the Gathering and a couple of other games, you know, periodically uh, during the week. Um, but yeah, you guys should go on and check them out. It's a great group of guys. And again, that's a CNC Power Hour on Twitch. Also, please check out our website, CosmoNerds.com, where you can find all of our episodes. Yes, it's the best. Thanks for listening to Cuz We're Nerds. Stay up to date with all the nerdy news and podcast drops by following us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can also leave us comments and feedback at cuzwernerds at gmail.com. That's C-U-Z-W-E-R-E-N-E-R-D-S at gmail.com. And as always, if you enjoy this podcast, we would love it if you could leave us a five-star review on iTunes. We'll see you next week, and as always, stay nerdy. Bada ba ba dum bum that was beautiful. Thank you. Unplanned, Thank you. perfectly executed. Boom. <laughs>